Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans? And welcome to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is May 25th, 2023, and this is episode number 28. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the first listen club every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X-26, as I post content daily. And send me a message whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, guys. Hope everybody's doing well. As always, hit that subscribe button. Be sure to like, a, uh, give a five-star uh, review. Leave a rating. Do anything you can to help out the show. I appreciate you guys. The numbers have went up. Um, Sunday, I was featured on, a, uh, on, on another show. Um, it was great. I went live with them. It was a, a BetQL Nation. It was a really good show, and I appreciate them for having me. Um, I posted a couple of those clips on Twitter. And it uh, went really well. So hopefully I can do that again in the future. And once again, thanks to those guys for having me. Um, Hey, man, look, here we are. It is May 25th. So I actually am recording this on May 24th at about 20 minutes before the Cardinals have a first pitch. So the Cardinals are actually about to play in 20 minutes, even though I'm going to drop this podcast tonight around midnight. Um, reason being is this podcast is an in-depth look, in-depth look 100% at the Cardinals pitching. Now, I really got a lot of notes on this episode. It's going to be a lot of data, but I think it's really important to see where the Cardinals are at right now when it comes to pitching. Um, and not only when it comes to pitching, but if the Cardinals were to have a playoff game tomorrow, I I really wanted to answer the question, who is going to be the starting pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals if there's a playoff game tomorrow, right? Or who would be the one, two, three rotation or one, two, three, four, five? And really what I did was, is I took everything into account that we've had this season. Everything from ERA to win-loss to game started to hits to earn runs to, I think I already said earn runs, but everything. I got contracts, how much they're making this year. It's going to be a good episode. I spent a lot of time in this, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, before I get to the state of the Cardinals, I did have somebody reach out on Twitter and say, what's your thoughts on, it wasn't necessarily a message, but they, you know, they were asking, what's your thoughts on betting baseball? And oftentimes I always talk about how I, I, you know, I like to bet. I like to dip into sports betting. I probably at least play some sort of bet each week. Um, nothing heavy, no big money on it. I just enjoy the idea of sports betting. Um, I enjoy the way, you know, lines work, spreads work, the way the movement works, the way the sharp betters come in on plays. And when somebody asks me what's my thoughts on betting baseball, I always have been don't bet anything big on it. And the reason I say that is that you just don't really know what's going to transpire in baseball, right? Like, if there's a sport where you want to take a huge underdog money line, right? So let's say we have the the Los Angeles Dodgers playing the Washington Nationals. And the Washington Nationals are plus 280 to win the game, right? So if you don't do betting, you bet $100, right? And you would win 280. So total payout would be 380, but you're profiting 280, right? So I would always say if you want to dip into something like that, it's baseball. There's 162 games. A lot of weird things happen in baseball, and it's a real chance that that plus 280 can hit. Um, other than that, 
I, I'm not huge on the minus one and a half. That's pretty much every baseball game, right? So you got a money line. Like tonight, the Cardinals are minus 153 to win the game, and they're minus one and a half. Uh, the spread's minus one and a half. That that money line on that is minus 105. So essentially, what in the world was that? Somebody just blew their horn outside my apartment. Um, anyway, yeah, right. So if you're gonna if you're gonna dip into baseball, that's what I would suggest is just try to hit hit big uh, underdogs or do like total bases. Or if you think a player is gonna get a hit, right? Or you know you think Goldschmidt's gonna get two bases, bet the two bases. So I don't want to get too deep on that. But um, when it comes to baseball, you got to be careful. It's cool to to bet on you know the NL Central winner, but I'm not a huge futures better because it's just I don't you know generally the general public doesn't have a ton of money just to to bet on something that's going to occur four or five months down the road. It's a good value. Yeah, of course, you know, it's fun and stuff, but anyway, that's what I got on that. The state of the Cardinals. Okay. The state of the Cardinals, they are currently 22 and 28. That puts them five and a half games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, They are seven and three in their last 10 and they are essentially uh, just percentage points behind the Cubs in fourth, fourth place in the NL Central. I went on Betty when I was on that show this week, and I said, hey, the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central. My last episode is the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central, and I believe they are. But if they got to get into the wild card, let's take a look at the state of that. They're three and a half games back of the Pirates for the last wild card spot. So right now, yes, the Cardinals are six games under 500. But they are only three and a half games back of a playoff spot, right? And, you know, you get in the bracket, anything can happen. So that's the state of the Cardinals last night. They won 8-5, to five, and like I said, they are about to have first pitch in 23 minutes. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm posting this episode um, technically at midnight tonight since I'm talking about pitching. So that's where the state of the Cardinals are at. And let's talk about the state of this rotation, right? We often we, we don't get too – I don't get too in-depth on this podcast with pitching. Um, but I really wanted to go in depth in this podcast with pitching today. So, um, also, how how before we get into it, how soft was that umpire last night throwing out Nolan Arnauto like that? How soft was he? That was insane, right? Goodness. Anyway, um, all right. So, how I did this, I want to break this down easiest I can for you guys. So, I'm going through all the Cardinals pitching now I'm go- I'm not going to go in any particular order based on how I believe they are 1 through 5 in our rotation. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go 1 through 5 at the end, but right now I'm just going to go over all their stats and, and break them down, okay? So let's start here. Let's start with uh hang on, let's take these glasses off. Let's start with Jack Flaherty. All right. So we have Jack Flaherty. This is a contract year for Jack Flaherty, right? After this season, he is a free agent. He is free to go where he would like. And this season, he is making $5.4 million. Now, keep in mind when I say this, this is not this is not um, account for any signing bonuses that are registered for this season's payroll, right? So you have, you have base salary, that's what I'm giving, but you also have adjusted salary, and that's after, um, you know, you know, like for instance, Steven Matz this season has a five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus for this season, right? It's just a bonus, and but his base salary is ten million, so I'm going to give you the base. So Jack Flaherty's five point four million dollar base salary this season. Where does he stand through ten start to ten baseball games started? He is three and four. And listen, while I do this, I promise I'll get to it in depth and stop doing these breaks. But while I while I do this, I want you as a listener to take this data and 
and digest it while I'm talking, and then in your mind say, hey, who is the best pitcher in this rotation? And let's go through one through six, right? Let's go one through six since the Cardinals have Wainwright and uh, Libby right now. So three and four record for Flaherty, intense game started, 5.29 ERA. He has 51 innings pitched on the season. He has 48 hits given up, 30 earned runs. He's given up six home runs. He's hit four batsmen, 33 walks, and 54 Ks. The opposing team is hitting 264 off of Flaherty. So I'm going to summarize each of these guys. And what you're going to see is that we are dealing, we are dealing with a lot of Cardinals. All these pitchers for the St. Louis Cardinals are are scary similar in their statistics. And what I mean by that is there is not one pitcher that really blows out the water of anyone else. They all have in this rotation like pros and cons, right? So so Jack Flaherty, he has a, out of all everybody in the rotation, he has the lowest opponent batting average. I mean, teams are hitting 264 off him, which is the best in the Cardinals rotation. Uh, he has the most strikeouts with 54. But where does Jack Flaherty suffer? It's like, okay, that's good news. Lowest opponent batting average and most strikeouts. That means he's got swing and miss stuff. But where does Jack Flaherty fail? Well, Jack Flaherty has the most walks on the rotation, and it's not particularly close. He has the most hit batters, and he has the highest ERA. So we got a guy here that can have swing and miss strikeout stuff and be an ace-type guy. But we also have a guy here that can be totally inconsistent with the strike zone, and he has the highest ERA. Jack Flaherty's game log this season. So what I did was I did the math on each of these outings they had, how long they went, how you know how long did they pitch in these outings, and what is their every time they pick up the baseball every fifth or sixth day for a start, how many innings are they averaging per start. So Jack Flaherty is averaging five, or excuse me, first outing five innings, then must five innings, five innings, five point one six six four point two two point one five innings, seven innings, four point two innings. So out of all those starts, I did the math on that. Jack Flaherty, every time he picks up the baseball, is averaging 4.96 innings pitched per start. All right. Let's head on down to Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery has a 2-6 and six record. His ERA is 4.55. He has 10 games started, 55.1 innings pitched. He's given up 63 hits, 28 earned runs, 7 home runs, 2 hit batters, 16 walks, 52 strikeouts, and teams are hitting 278 against him. Okay? Where does Jordan Montgomery pencil in as, um, excuse me, where does, where does Jordan Montgomery thrive? Well, he has the lowest ERA of anyone in the rotation. His ERA is 4.55. He has the most innings pitched with 55.1. And he has the second, uh, second most strikeouts with uh, 52. So, and where does he struggle? Well, he has the most losses with six. Um, <laughs> it was hard, harder to find something on Jordan Montgomery compared to the other guys, which which is good. And that's kind of signaling where I'm headed with this as far as uh, my rotation talk. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know me. If you know me, I don't like win-loss records for pitchers. I think that's a irrelevant stat. right? We saw a guy like Jacob deGrom not have um, – a good win-loss record, even though he had one of the best pitch seasons in MLB history when, the, when he won the Cy Young a few years back. So that's just an indictment on how many runs your offense can can give you. <clears throat> All right, Jordan Montgomery, how was how has he fared in each of his outings? How many innings has he went? Five innings, seven, 
6.1, 4, 6, 6.2, 6, 5, 5.1, and 4. So he's averaging 5.44 innings pitch per start, which is best on the St. Louis Cardinals team. Okay, so Jordan Montgomery so far between him and, and Flaherty is by far the most impressive. His contract is $10 million per year. His contract is $10 million per year, which is right there with Steven Matz. Steven Matz will transition into him. He has $10 million per year. We will get to Steven Matz right after this. I'm going to take a quick uh, a little sound break here, get some water, and I'll be right back with Steven Matz. All right, excuse me. Welcome back to the Believe in Cardinals podcast. Um, your host, Braxton Weather. We are just talking about how the St. Louis Cardinals pitching has been this season and how it is, has fared as far as, you know, ERA. And ever, so essentially, I'm going through each each Cardinals pitcher and I'm breaking down their stats. So here we are with Steven Matz. He's making $10 million per year. Okay, Steven Matz, granted, he has one less start because he's about to make that start in exactly like 10 minutes from now. Uh, but he's 0-5 with a 5.05 ERA. He has nine games started, 46.1 innings pitched, 57 hits, 26 earned runs, seven home runs. He's hit a batter, and he has 18 walks, 43 strikeouts, and the opponent's batting average against him is 303. So when we take a look at Steven Matz here, how is he? There's not many positives. I couldn't find a single one with him. Right, I couldn't find a single one. He doesn't have a win. His ERA is above five. He's given up 57 hits, seven home runs. His outings have went like this, 5.1 innings, 5.2, 5.2, 5.15, 5.1, 5.1, For a guy that's making $10 million a year, which is the about the same price as somebody like Shane Bieber for the Guardians, he has not even pitched into the seventh inning this entire season. Now, I'm hoping he can do that tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. It's going to take place here in a bit. But he's averaging 4.88 innings pitch. So on a nightly basis, he is roughly making the bullpen pitch half of his outing on that start for a guy that's making big money. So, look, if if if, if he was making 300, or excuse me, if he was making like $750,000 like Matthew Libertor, okay, you know, okay. But this is a guy that's making $10 million. That's not going to cut it. And I've said a lot. Uh, Steven Matz, I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world, but right now this contract looks bad. It does not look good. I could not find one thing in Steven Matz that I could get a positive from. Now, I do think it's crazy because I still have some form of confidence in the guy because he has good stuff, right? Like he has good stuff, and I think he's going to find a way to turn this thing around, but that's Steven Matz. All right, Miles Michaelis is really the, the last one. Uh, I got, I'll, I'll go over the stuff for Adam Wainwright and, and Libby for his one start, but these are really the four guys that's carried the games the, so far this season. Miles Michaelis, two and one. He's the only pitcher on the rotation that actually has a winning record. 4.77 ERA, 10 and 10 starts, 54.2 innings pitch, 67 hits, 29 earned runs, eight home runs, three hit batters. 14 walks, 43 Ks, and an opponent batting average of 299. So what's the positive of Miles Michaelis? 
He's the only pitcher, like I said, that has a winning record on the Cardinals staff. He has the second most innings pitched. And the big one here is he has the least amount of walks given up on this Cardinals rotation. Um, what's the negatives? Well, Miles Michaelis has the most hits given up. Say it how you want it. Um, like the other night, Miles Michaelis, he threw six innings. He didn't have a strikeout. I it's not it's not that big of a deal, right? Because he got through six, but you never want your starting pitcher in the MLB going six innings and not having a strikeout, right? It was a good outing. Um, but with when you're giving up a lot of hits like that, um, he does have the most hits given up. But overall, we've seen a lot of good things out of Miles Michaelis recently. Here's his outings chart: 3.1 innings pitched, six innings pitched, five innings pitched, 5.2, 5.1, 6.1, 5.2, 4.16, and seven. So when we look at these starters, before I get to Wainwright, let's take a peek. We have only had three starts this entire season in which a Cardinals pitcher has made it through seven innings. One coming from Flaherty, one coming from Montgomery, um, one and one coming from Miles Michaelis. And Miles Michaelis is averaging 5.28, 5.28 innings pitched per start. And that is um that is that is right there behind Jordan Montgomery. So Really, you know, you take a look at this, and if you're drawing it up in your head, you think, you know, you, you probably should know where, where I'm going with this as far as, hey, if there's a playoff started tomorrow, who is lining up the first three days, right? If it's a wild card, who gets these three starts? All right. All right, let's move on to Adam Wainwright. He's only made four starts. He's back. He's been – he's back. Um, This is a guy that's not cheap this season. He's done a lot of good things for the Cardinals over the years, but let's just be honest, he's making $17.5 million this season. That's very expensive, right? He's, you know, Miles Michaelis is getting paid um, eight, whatever I said, $18 million. And, uh, hang on. yeah, I didn't go over that. Yeah, Miles Michaelis is making $18.75 million. Wainwright's making seventeen point five. So how is Wainwright stacked up so far in his starts? He's went five innings, five innings, 5.2, and 5.2. He's averaging five, obviously, do the math, pretty simple there. He's averaging 5.1 innings pitch per start. He is 2-0, but his ERA is 6.33, which is the highest we've went over thus far. He's had 21.1 innings pitch, 28 hits, 15 earned runs, 3 home runs, 6 walks, 10 strikeouts, and uh, opponent batting average of 308. Where's the positive with Wainwright? This one is not something that you have to necessarily elaborate on and exhaust it, right? Like, we know what we get from Adam Wainwright. We're going to get a guy who's going to pound the zone. We, we get a guy who's got a, a really good curveball. We get a guy who's going to pitch to contact at 41 years old. And a guy that suffers from his fastball, not, not you know, high velocity. And I understand he can work around it. Like, last night, you know, we went 5.2 innings pitched. It wasn't the greatest outing, but you see he can still navigate his way through innings. So you're going to get a guy who's going to chew up innings, right? We know Wainwright's going to chew up innings. Um, but we're also going to get a guy now where his ERA is probably going to be high, right? And his fastball is just not like like it was. And uh, that's okay because he's, you know, he's in his 40s, and uh, he provides a lot to the clubhouse. But Adam Wainwright, without a doubt, is – you know, he's a, he's a fifth fifth starter type guy at this point in his career. And this is his final season, so that's okay. But we know we're going to get out of Wainwright. <clears throat> All right, 
Matthew Libertor, and then I will break down who I put as my top six. Matthew Libertor is 1-0 and on the season. He's only had uh, one start. That was a solid start, you know, three ERA, whatever that's worth anyway. Two earned runs. He did have four walks, seven Ks, and batting average of 200. So it's a very uh, sample size there. Um, he's, he's just been with the team for a cup of coffee so far. But um, from what we've seen, what are we going to get out of Matthew Libertor? Well, what we're going to get is we're going to get youth. Right, he's a, he's a, he's a young guy, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's 23, maybe 24, but I'm pretty sure he's 23. His arm is alive, right? You can see when he made that start the other night. You know, he made this start the other night. You could just see that he has a you know a young early 20s arm. His arm looked really alive. Um, he deserves more opportunities, and we got to see what he has. So there's no doubt in my mind that he has real potential, and he's a guy that has so much potential that we get to the end of the season, he could be really sneak his way into meaningful postseason innings if the Cardinals get there. But that's Matthew Libertor. And he has every um he, he should he, he should get every opportunity that comes his way. Let's see what he's got. <clears throat> All right. So there it is. I hope you've been following along with this. Um where do I want to transition here? Is I now just want to pick my top six. So here we go. The Cardinals run it up. The Cardinals go crazy. The Cardinals find a way to win the NL Central for back-to-back years. The Cardinals miraculously win 88 to 90 games, and they find themselves into postseason baseball, hosting a best out of three in the wild card series. Here we are, game one. <laughs> okay, I'm just all matchups aside with some teams because surely there will be better matchups with some teams than others. Who is getting the ball if it ended today in a game one playoff series? For me, I put Jordan Montgomery, and I think it's pretty clear. Now, like I said in the beginning of the show, there is not one eye-popping starter for the Cardinals, right? There's not a Spencer Strider. There's not a Justin Verlander. There's not a Max Scherzer. There's not a Shane Bieber. You know, there's not one of these guys, and rightfully so, because Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, both of these guys are making a base salary of $43.3 million a season, which is the top two paid guys in all of baseball. So, the Cardinals aren't obviously going to get that, um, and you know they shouldn't. Or you know, none of those guys on our rotation has, should have that money. But right, Jordan Montgomery's got to be the guy to pick up the ball. Why so? Well, his ERA is the lowest, and not only that, um, he, he's 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 reliable throwing strikes. Uh, he has the most innings pitched, and he's just been all around the most consistent guy, averaging 5.44 innings pitched. And at the end of the day, you want a pitcher that's going to start the game and at least provide you you know, pitch you into the sixth inning, right? Like, that's what you want. So could that change? Yes. But as of right now, Jordan Montgomery is the team's ace. Okay, he's a lefty. Now we go to game two. I also think this is pretty clear. Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis has a real chance to jump to that one line. But if it ended today, I think it would be good to go left-hander. And then, boom, you got Miles Michaelis as a right-hander. Why do I pick Miles Michaelis? Well, like I said, He's set, you know, second most innings pitched on the team. He has the least amount of walks. One thing you know about Miles Michaelis is when he grabs the baseball, he's going to make the other team beat you, right? He's going to make you, he's going to make the team hit you. Um, so that's that's where I go with Miles uh, for game two. Pretty pretty clear now. So now we have game one and game two. Uh oh, the Cardinals split, right? They, they, they split. So here we are going to game three. Win this game, you go to the NLDS. Who are you putting on the mound pending the Cardinals don't make a trade in July? We have no choice. It is between Steven Matz, Jack Flaherty, or Adam Wainwright. Who do you want with the ball in their hand? 
I took Jack Flaherty, and here's why. And this is the hard decision between Flaherty and Mats. I don't think Wainwright's in that discussion respectfully. Um, maybe come out of the bullpen in that game three. But I went with Jack Flaherty simply because, as of right now, Jack Flaherty is a guy that could dominate, right? He's a guy that could dominate. He's the one that um, that has the type of stuff that really could dominate. He has the most strikeouts out of the Cardinals rotation out of anyone. He has the lowest opponent batting average. So what does that tell you? He has, If he is on that night, he can really dominate. Now, on the flip side of that, is it a bit of a risk? Of course. Right? He has the most walks. He has 33 walks, and Steven Matz has 18 walks. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not double, but it's it's not too far off from double. Um, but I'm always going to take a guy that has the chance to be great, right? And Steven Matz, I just don't think, has the, the potential to, to do what Jack Flaherty could do in that game. So, obviously, with that being said, if the Cardinals went to a best out of five NLDS and we had a game four starter, it's going to be Steven Matz. And fifth, without a doubt, Adam Wainwright. But I do believe if the Cardinals get into the postseason, they make it to the NLDS, I do think if the Cardinals got to a fifth day, that at that point they would probably run with a four-man rotation. Adam Wainwright would be a, would be a deep reliever-type guy, and then they would kind of figure out a game five if they had to. Um, and if they went to a best out of seven in the NLCS, well, you know, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, the Cardinals are 22 and 28, so that's a far off. But I thought it was very important to really break this rotation down. Right, we're dealing with a rotation that's 5.29 ERA, a 4.55, a 5.05, a 4.77, a 6.33. These are not good statistics for a rotation. It's just not. And is this surprising? Not really. We kind of knew this was always going to be the case with this team. We thought it would be better than this. I when I went on that uh, I went on uh, Bet HQ show the other day and I said, look. Cardinals fans realize this season that they're just going to have to out-hit teams. That doesn't mean that the pitchers can be, you know, last in the league when it's starting rotation stats. But we just need the Cardinals pitching to be anywhere from 15th to 16th, 14th to 16th, something like that, to keep them in the game and out-hit teams. Is that a recipe to win a World Series? Probably not. But is it a recipe to get yourself in there? Surely. That's just the way the Cardinals are constructed. They are not a dominant powerhouse rotation, right? It's okay to be a fan, but it's also okay to have realistic expectations. And we're dealing with a very average rotation with an above-average offense. At the end of the day, is it good enough to win a playoff series? Series, Sure. But is it good enough to rattle off a wild-card series win, a NLDS win, NLCS win, and a World Series championship? Most likely not. And... Maybe that's where the Cardinals address this come July at the trade deadline. So, anyway, that is the episode today. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in. Please hit the, uh, please hit the subscribe button. And uh, let's get ready for some Cardinals baseball. They are actually first pitches in one minute, huh? So, uh, anyway, like I said, I'm dropping this episode a little bit later. I'm dropping it at midnight um, just because of the sheer uh, – you know, the the content in this episode. So that's all I got. As always, this is the Believe in Cardinals podcast. My name is Braxton Wheeler, and everyone have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.